This is the 77 WABC minicast. I'm Judge Richard Weinberg. With me is uh, my very good friend, colleague here at WABC, Curtis Lewa. Curtis is the internationally famous founder of the Guardian Angels, as well as one of the most important talk show hosts in the entire country here at WABC. Uh, our mutual friend, Jesse Garcia, the vice chair of the state Republican Party and the county chair of Suffolk is, is out today. But he wants to wish all our listeners a very healthy and happy Thanksgiving with their families and friends. So, Curtis, let me, let me begin with some breaking, some breaking news. There's supposed to be a deal between Hamas and Israel with respect to a, a pause, a ceasefire, an exchange of, uh, exchange of hostages uh, brokered by uh, Qatar. The United States was involved. I have my own thoughts about whether this is a good, good idea or a bad idea, and I'll, I'll give you my thoughts, and I want to get your, your comment. Sure. The problem with taking of hostages and bailing out hostages is you're awarding hostage-taking, which means there's a price on everybody's head. So when Biden decided to pay 5 or $6 billion for a half a dozen people or five people, he put a, a marker on the back of every American, no matter where they traveled, whether in Paris or London or Venice, whether they're in Asia or Europe or Canada. It didn't matter because they, the enemies of the United States knew you could grab American and get something for it. And I'm not a fan of that. And I know historically the United States government's taken a position we don't negotiate with terrorists and Israel's taking the same position. Frankly, that's more rhetoric than reality because they negotiate with terrorists all the time and they do the these hostage exchanges. So what they're talking about now in this first wave of hostage exchanges is three for one. So they could give up 50 folks that were kidnapped and brutalized by the Hamas terrorists and they have to give back 150 uh, Palestinians. And, and that's the deal. So I think as a first take on this, it's a bad idea to, to do this either. And it's easy for me to say because I don't have a loved one at stake and I'm not the hostage, but I don't think it's a very good way to uh, to run the world. Significantly for Israel, they're on a roll, literally and figuratively, in moving against Hamas and trying to eliminate their terror bases in Gaza and eliminate them as a force. And they've already said, the leaders of Hamas, that they'll keep coming back and back and back. They're very clear about that. And their charter, as you know, Curtis, is very, very clear. It's for the destruction of the state of Israel and extermination of the Israeli people. So if you give them time to regroup, to rearm, to hide themselves, to put more booby traps, I don't know that this is a very, very good thing. And this is coming, frankly, from pressure from the United States government. And so while Biden is out there on the formal public record saying he has Israel's back and he's there 110 percent. In reality, they've been putting on a pressure campaign. What say you? Well, there's a history of uh, hostage swapping in Israel. I remember when I was there after the second intifada, I was asking the Israelis, you know, recently you swapped a thousand Palestinian prisons, prisoners from your jails for the body of a returned Israeli Defense Force fighter who was killed in one of those incursions into the Gaza. 
I couldn't even fathom it, but they were explaining according to the religion that everybody, every individual is so important and that you do everything you can to even get the remains of a dead person back, especially an IDF uh, soldier. When you look at the pressure internally in Israel, they just finished a march from Tel Aviv to the home of uh, the prime minister in which hundreds had joined trying to pressure him to do whatever he could to get those hostages back. So he's facing internal pressure, which prior to this, there was now a unity government, whereas before that, everybody was at each other's throats. So I think he opted to say, I don't need that kind of division in Israel now. We've got Hamas where we want him. We got him trapped. Uh, We could well pause for four or five days and still track the terrorists, plus uh, the people that he's giving up in return, according to the reports, are mostly women and children. Now, they themselves may have committed terrorist acts or have aided and abetted terrorist acts because it's not that unusual for a woman to be a, a suicide bomber or a child to be a suicide bomber to try to take out an IDF uh, soldier. So I would say he probably had to do what he had to do to not only calm the external pressures on him from the United States, but also internal pressures that still remain. Remember, even though the attack took place and everybody is joined together, it's not a lot of love for Bibi there. There is love for Israel, but not necessarily for its leader. Well, remember one of the exchanges where they gave up 1,500 Palestinians, and a lot of them were terrorists, and they were grown men terrorists for one soldier. And one of the leaders of this latest violation against Israel, this terror attack against Israel, one of the leaders was that one of the people was given back. So I'm, I'm deeply troubled by that. But let, let's talk about the momentum of, of this effort by, by Israel. They're going in now into the southern portion of, of Gaza. And it, from everything I've read, Curtis, this is one of the more difficult tasks they have. So far, it's been successful, costly to them, but they've been very successful. There are hundreds and hundreds of miles of tunnels built under Gaza. So anybody who said that, you know, uh, Gaza is an occupied territory, they're right. It's occupied by Hamas, which has totally terrorized their own people, used them as human shields, has taken the monies given to them, the equipment given to them, and when it wasn't enough, they took the sewer pipes and the water pipes and they built rockets, but they have this complicated morass of tunnels going hundreds and hundreds of miles, all built for war. So the state of mind of Hamas, when they're totally free from Israeli occupation, it was their place. They could have made whatever they wanted to. They could have made it a wonderful paradise right there on the uh, on the water. They could have been a trading partner with the with the world. Israel wanted to be left alone. Sharon, who is no wuss at all, a great general and a great prime minister, said, "It's yours. We will help you." Gave them all kinds of supplies. Gave them all kinds of equipment. Gave them all technology. First thing that Hamas did is knock everything down. And if you're an occupier and you're terrorizing the population, why are you giving them water and food and medical supplies and electricity and fuel oil? I just don't get it. The, the rhetoric, the, the narrative that they're an occupier is 
to me, absolutely insane. But it belies the truth. But these people are not into the truth. They have their narrative. And I'm troubled that the momentum may be lost and it may result in them rearming themselves, reallocating their resources, and the death of more Israeli soldiers. What say you? Well, number one, it goes back to how did they get so many rockets to begin with, especially through a maze of security led by Shin Bet and the Mossad, Americans helping them, Egyptians helping them. Uh, boy, they ended up firing thousands and thousands and thousands of rockets. So, A number one, you have to say, where are they getting these materials? Because they don't come in all in one piece. It's piece by piece. They've been suggesting, well, maybe they're coming in by drones. The point being is, the benefit so far has been that Hezbollah has not got involved in the war. They're firing a few rockets. Israel, Israel fires rockets back at the Lebanon border. But remember, the big fear was, oh... Are they going to try to uh, distract the Israelis by invading from the southern border of Lebanon? So far, all they do are they're exchanging rocket fire. That's in a, very, a very contained space. Right. But that's a positive because uh, it doesn't mean Israel couldn't have handled it. But boy, opening up a second front and maybe even a third front with Syria because you have so many armed militias there would have created even more pressure on the Israeli defense forces. So I think... I'll entrust that they have pretty much cornered Hamas now. There's not many ways that they can get out of there. Uh, And with uh, the Israeli security being uh, woken up like we were after 9-11, I think they made a determination that we give them five days, we'll track them. And if they try to make a break, we'll take them out. Uh, But we're going to know who they are and where they go including some of those that they trade for the hostages from Israel. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.